do the uh, review of Lekutus Sichas, Chelikches, the first Sicha for the portion of Matos. The Rebbe is basing himself on Rashi, Perak Lamed Aleph, Posik Chof Aleph. So, uh, what we're learning in the parsha is about, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu that he should go ahead and take revenge from the Midyonim. Uh, and afterwards, Hashem says, after you do that, then he will pass away. So Moshe Rabbeinu goes and he uh, wage, they, wage, they wage the war. They send a thousand from each tribe. Anyways, they went and they uh, won the war and they took all the spoil. And they brought everything to, uh, to Moshe. So now Moshe Rabbeinu says to them that in order for them to use all the kalim that they took, the various different items that they took, uh, those items that they used like, to fight with, uh, they've become tummy. Uh, they've become Tumei Mace. What does it mean, Tumei Mace? Because if you touch, let's say, with a metal piece, with a sword, if you touch a dead body with that sword, so that tumor transfers to you, to the person that is holding it. Okay? So he's telling them, either items or people who have... Touch, thank you very much. Who have touched a dead body, okay? So what is the din? How does one purify himself when you touch the dead body? So we learned in the portion of Chukas, you have to sprinkle the blood on the third day and on the seventh day, okay? The special part of Aduma, the special, uh, not blood, you sprinkle the water, the mixture from the ashes with the water and with the Azov, that's the procedure to clean yourself from Tumas Mace. So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them. Now, after Moshe Rabbeinu finishes telling him that, the Jewish people, they said they killed the men, but they left all the women, they left all the women alive. So the Pesach says that Moshe Rabbeinu Vayiktsoif, he got very angry, Moshe Rabbeinu. Because the whole reason that the Ebrister says Moshe Rabbeinu to them sent you to war against the Midianite was because of these women, the women that enticed the Bnei Yisrael and caused them to sin. And you left them, they were the one that subjected, they were the cause of the whole problem that Hashem brought this plague and Hashem made such a uh, such a destruction the Jewish people was because of these women. How come you let them live? And he tells them to kill them, all the, the, the process that he tells them there. But it says that he got angry. He says, so if he got angry. Apparently, even any time to get angry is no good. Can't get angry, because even Moshe Rabbeinu will see in Rashi what happened over here. So Moshe Rabbeinu says what to the Bnei so, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, basically, before they can use those vessels that touched a Tamei mace, what do they need to do? They need to 
sprinkle the mechatos, the special poraduma water on the third and the seventh day, and that's the way they will become clean. Now, is that sufficient already to use those kalim? No. Then comes in Elozor. That's the Rashi. Elozor comes in and he says, wait a minute. There's something else that needs to be done. Because since these dishes were not kosher, by the way, all the laws of koshering come from this pasuk over here. That's where we learn out. I mean, most of the law we learn out from these psukim over here. What does the pasuk say? What does the laws tell them? He says, no, 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 no. You can't use those dishes yet. Before you can use those dishes, you have to first kosher them. So Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about cleaning them from Tuma, right? To making sure they're no longer Tomei. So for that, you sprinkle them with the uh, Mechatos. But now there's another problem because all these dishes have become treif because they used, the Goyim used them, right? So he tells them you have to uh, kasher them, either through fire, the way they come through, that's what we learn out, to fire different ways of kashering. And then yet there's a third thing that he tells them over there, we learn out, that you also have to toivel them in a mikveh. So it ends up that it is being that there's actually three things that you need to do. First, you need to purify it from tumah. Second, or a second, you need to kasher it. And if it's metal dishes, you also have to put it into the mikveh. Okay? And um, from there we also learn, even, Rashi brings down in the Pasig, even, that's why you have to toivel, even if the goy didn't use it. That's why even if you buy new dishes, you have to toivel them, right? It's all based on these psukim from this week's parsha, what we're learning right now. All these halachas. But specifically, we're going to say the Rashi over here, the Rebbe is going to ask a question on the Rashi. So what does it say in the Posik in, in our Parsha, in Perik Lamad Aleph, Posik of Aleph? It says, Vayoymer Elozer HaKoyim. So Elozer HaKoyim says, Zois Chukas HaToyra Asher Tziva Hashem Es Moshe. This is the statue of the Torah that Hashem instructed Moshe. Up till this point, Moshe Rabbeinu was talking. Up till this point, Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them about sprinkling of that mechatos. But all of a sudden, on this posik, it's Elozer the Kohen. Why Elozer? Because Aaron was already passed away. Elozer was the Kohen God right now. So he is the one that is saying to the Bnei Yisrael, This is the law of the Torah that Hashem said to Moshe. So why is Epes Moshe, why is Epes Ozer telling these laws to Moshe, to, to the Bnei Yisrael? What happened to Moshe? So Rashi places, Rashi says, Vayoymer Elozer HaKoyen Goymer and explains. Lefi shebo leklal kaz bo leklal tos. He got angry, so he made a mistake. What did he make a mistake? That the laws of uh, the uh, absorption, giuli means the giul, the disgusting of the goyish, the goyish of food, the tray of food, 
uh, the laws of how to get rid of the tray for food from the dishes, he forgot about it. But Elozo remembered. Elozo remembered. So therefore, Elozor finishes up what Moshe Rabbeinu left out. So Moshe Rabbeinu told Elozor beforehand. But at this point, he forgot. He forgot the halachas. So after Moshe Rabbeinu starts, finishes telling them the halachas of Giule, of how do you get it out of the Tumor, so now Elozor Akoyin speaks up and he says, well, these are the laws of the Torah that Hashem said to Moshe. And then Rashi adds that we find a similar situation also that took place on the eighth day of Miluim. Over there too, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu got angry. Over there, Aaron and his sons, after Aaron's son, two of his sons died over there. Uh, so uh, they... Um, they um, they burnt uh, the uh, the korban over there, and Moshe Rabbeinu was very angry. And but the truth of the matter is that the korban that they were allowed to eat baninus was the special korban, but not the korban of Rosh Chodesh. Rashi says over there the whole that the pasuk explains the whole thing over there. But over there it says that he got angry, and that's why he made a mistake. And another time it says that when he said, when he came to the rock and the Yidden were sort of uh, starting up with him and saying, uh, what difference does it make? As Rashi explains it there, so he says, listen rebellious. That was an expression of anger. So over there too he made the mistake, he hit the rock. Rashi brings this up. The Rebbe over here in the note discusses how come Rashi doesn't bring these down and the place where we learned them that it's not, not Rashi only over here, but that's for another, another uh, d- d- discussion. But the bottom line is over here, Rashi says that really Moshe taught Elazar this halacha, but Moshe Rabbeinu forgot it. And Elazar went and taught it to them. Just I'm thinking out loud, uh, I mean, it almost seems that, he, let's say Moshe forgot it, Moshe forgot it, so why didn't the Lozer say, Moshe, my Rebbe, you should remind him, why is all of a sudden he speaking up? Why should, why should not Moshe Rabbeinu still say it? I mean, even though Elozer, Moshe forgot it, so okay, so you remember, so tell Moshe Rabbeinu, apparently, I'm just guessing that, to look at the Mephorshim, but apparently... Moshe Rabbeinu therefore took it as a sign and he says, well, you say it because I forgot it. It's because you're supposed to say it. You're the one that's supposed to teach it. He understood that this was sort of a punishment for himself for getting angry. So it's not like, I don't think it was a la'ozer, like not being in his place, but this is, has nothing to do with the sikha. This is just my own, uh, my own thoughts at the, uh, off the top of my head. But in any event, let's go back to the sikha. So here the Rebbe has a question. What does it mean when you say that somebody makes a mistake? A mistake means that you know something, but your information 
isn't correct. It means it's a mistake. You made a mistake. I made a, I didn't understand. I made a mistake. So it's a mistaking. I now what you know made a mistake. But when you say a person forgot something, right? This alim. So over there, it doesn't really fit the language that you made a mistake. See, Rashi says because he got angry, he made a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. Because he got angry, it seems like. That's why he forgot the halacha. A mistake means that he knows, but he rules it differently. Otherwise, it's not a mistake. Otherwise, it's forgotten. So how come Rashi says over here, he made a mistake, and then Rashi says, because he forgot the laws of Gileakim. Maybe this mistake is, I say like this, because he told the Yidden what they need to do. What did he tell them? He told them that tishato, which means what you need to do, you have to sprinkle the blood. And he said very clearly, that only those people that killed somebody or any garment that touched a dead body is the one that needs to sprinkle. So what does that mean when Moshe Rabbeinu says they're the only ones that need to do that? So what does it mean those who didn't touch and those who did not come in contact body? They're all set. So sometimes... The mistake is, if you give instructions and you don't give all the instructions, you miss out a part of the instruction, like in this case. No, they're not all set. Just if they, only those who came in contact with, the, uh, with, a, with a dead uh, body, uh, they sprinkle the blood and everybody else doesn't do anything. No, that's not in. That's a mistake. It's a mistake in relationship to... Uh, the total picture over here, because the total picture is that you seem to say that they're all done, and it's not all done, because not e- even people that have not touched the dead body, and by the way, Rashi explains that a goyisha body will defile you. It doesn't defile in a tent, in oil, but it does defile you if you touch it. So a goyisha body would defile, would make them tome, bemaga would make them tome. So he seems to say, other than that, you're all set. Go ahead, enjoy the spoil, what you receive. That's a mistake. Maybe that's what we have to say, but that is also still, the Rebbe says, it's still not understood. These are totally two separate halachas. Just because Moshe Rabbeinu told them the laws of one part, the laws of Tumah, and he didn't tell them the other laws that there's also you have to kasher the kalim from the goyisha uh, food that they use the dirtin uh, while he was teaching them tuma. Why do we call this a mistake? The Rebbe says the word that's not really would not be calling a mistake. The second Rashi 
over the Pasik. So Rashi brings down the words, Kasher Tzivo Hashem as Moshe. So now Elozer is speaking up. Moshe Rabbeinu forgot. And he is saying, this is what Hashem said to Moshe. Now, Rashi says, Tolo he was trying to say, he's not saying that he is saying it, he is saying, this is what Hashem said to Moshe. He's not just, in other words, he could have just said, basically, this is the law, and go on to the law, but he didn't say that this is the law. He just went to say that this is the law that Hashem said to Moshe. So, in other words, he didn't even want to take credit for himself. He said that this is what Abish said to Moshe. So, what does it mean when you say, Zois Chukas HaToyro? So, he's basically saying this is a statue of the Torah. So, what it's trying to tell you here, this, what I'm telling you, is the Chukas HaToyro. In general Torah, this is the chukah. This is the similar language that we learned in the beginning of the Parshat Paro Aduma. Torah says there's a chukah satayra. The same link. What does it mean there's a chukah satayra? So Rashi says over there, the whole explanation over there that the Sotan and the nation of the world, they're teasing the Yidden. Basically what we're trying to say, this is the most not understood law of the Torah as we've learned, Rebbe Sichas and, and from the Mimer, that that the Sotan, the nations of the world, they're teasing them. This is a special, special halacha. This doesn't make any sense at all. The Chukas, the Torah, that's why it's Chukas HaToyro. It has no rationale at all. You don't understand it at all. So here it says Zoyz Chukas as well. So, if he is trying to say about which laws is which laws uh, is Eloza talking about? Is he talking about the laws that Moshe Rabbeinu said before? This is the Chukas HaToyro Asher Siva Hashem as Moshe. Is he talking about the laws that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, told you before? So, we have to say so. Why? Because this law that you have to expel kasher, the kalim, that's illogical. That's not a chukah. That's not a, one of those chukim. That's not a, even a chukah. Because we understand when you're cooking tray food, right, and it gets absorbed into the kalim, and then you're going to cook kosher food, you're going to get some of the tray food in there. That's a logical, that's a logical mitzvah, the idea of gul and so since he starts it off with the words Zois Chukas so he means what Moshe Rabbeinu said before. And that is Moshe already said to them. And so what he was trying to say, Zois Chukas Moshe, is what took place before. And then, not what he's going to come to say now. And then he's adding to it, he's going to tell them the laws how to kasher. And we say, ach, however, it's a loshimit, meaning 
Those are the laws that we said before. However, you still got to do something else. You got to kasher it still. So this posik that we're saying over here, this posik that it says, seems like it's applying to the past. What Hashem said to Moshe. But Rashi translates it as So he was basically telling them that even though you cleaned it by sprinkling the mechatos on it, you still got to kasher it. So why is Rashi saying which this is, these are the laws that Hashem told to Moshe so he's referring to the din that Moshe already said. So what does it mean Rashi says that he's made his teacher. That would mean Ashatsiva means now. That, he's, that what Hashem said to Moshe is what I'm going to tell you now. But what he's going to tell them now is not Zeshukas Atayra. One more time. See, the Pasuk can technically be translated into. Is it it's going on the back or it's going on the front? Which means the Torah finished talking about what Moshe Rabbeinu said and now we're starting what Elozer is saying. Now Elozer's sentence is Elozer talking about what Moshe has already said. That's what it seems we have to say. Because it says and the only hook of the Torah we know is the sprinkling of the Mechatas which we learned before. So it makes sense that this Pasik, Zeus Chukas, is talking about that Hashem has told Moshe, which Moshe has already told them. But from Rashi's interpretation that his instruction, what was his instruction? That is the instruction that Elazar is saying. Elazar is talking to them about Yuli Nochrim. And Rashi says that he's telling it in the name of his teacher. So that means that the halach of Yuli Nochrim is that is what Hashem is saying to Moshe. So, then it's not Zeshukas, if that's what it means, because that's not a statue. The Rebbe comes up here with a phenomenal idea, explaining these two simple problems, big problems in Rashi, explaining it very, uh, very interestingly. The Rebbe says like this, um, if Moshe was only trying, I mean, if Elozer was just trying to mention the laws that were said before, if he was only talking about before, to say, this is the law of the Torah, and then he wants to add, he didn't have to say the words "Add, I should see Hashem as Moshe. He could have said, and I'm going to add to you, why did he add, I should see Hashem as Moshe? So that tells us that he was trying to say that not only the previous halacha, but also the other halacha, 
the Allah of Gilu Akum that Moshe did not say, they too are connected to Moshe Rabbein Barabbai. So basically it means like this. Zois Chukasa Torah Asher Tziva Hashem because they're connected. Zois Asher, this is what that is connected. That we have to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was also talking about Geule Akum as a detail of Zeus Chukasatur. Which means like this that Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them the laws of, and Eliezer was referring to Moshe Rabbeinu telling them the laws of Mechatos, he was telling them, but he also was coming to hinge that Gule Akum was also Moshe Rabbeinu. Take, because he didn't have to say Hashem, even though it means that, but he, once Hashem said, somehow that the following is also Gule Akum, and that's like a detail of Zizchokos HaToyim. So it explains like this. Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Rebbe explains, didn't just not tell them the laws of Giuli Akum. Which means he left out one halacha, totally. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't tell them Giuli Akum because he was under the impression, Moshe Rabbeinu, that when they sprinkled the water, the mechatos, tishato, actually does both things. It cleans it from the tumor, but it also prepares the caliph for its isur. So he said, this is Hashem has told Moshe Rabbeinu, also what I'm going to tell you in the future, the Gilinochrim, because Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to them about that also. In other words, while Moshe Rabbeinu clearly talked about sprinkling, about sprinkling the mechatos, which usually only applies to take away the tumor, but he really also was under the impression that that should take care of also of the geule, also of the kashering. So that the sprinkling of the water could accomplish both things. You sprinkle water, it makes it toher, and it also does what? It also takes away the cut, the, the tray from it. It makes it kosher. Ah, this is something which is absorbed in the walls. How could you have a little bit of mechatas that you sprinkle on the outside, take away the iser? I mean, you're, it's full with, with tray food in that, uh, that pot. How could you have a little sprinkling water take out the fruit? But that's not a question. When you say a, a vessel is tome, does it mean only one spot of it is tome? The whole keli is tome. And the few drops of the mechatas that you sprinkle on the vessel and on the outside don't absorb it, and yet the whole keli becomes toyer. So you see that the mechatas have such a strong power that if you sprinkle a few drops and on the outside, they are able to take out 
the entire keli from its tumah. All of its tumah through a few drops. In that case, we can also possibly say, this was Moshe Rabbeinu's idea, that sprinkling should also prepare the keli from the iser which has been absorbed in it. Maybe sprinkle it. So Elazar said, no, zeis chukas This is the law of the Torah that Hashem said. In other words, the logical, the illogical thing about sprinkling that it should come uh, from, that's not proper. That's not, he made a mistake. That is actually a mistake. So what is this mistake? Because Moshe Rabbeinu thought that the sprinkling of Mechata should take care of both things. It's not that he's just for you. He forgot the laws of Gul and Nachrim that no, you can only do this, that doesn't do both. But he made a mistake. What was the mistake? The mistake was that he thought that the Mechatas can accomplish both. Just like they can take away the whole Kaila from the Tumor, they can also make the whole Kaila kosher. So Elazar said, no. That there is a possibility of Mechatas making the Kaila clean. Which is referencing also the illogical thing. But you should know, Ach lo the chukas ha-toyro that this Eibishter said is only with regards to being, only with regards to making the keli clean from the Tumas Mace. But it does not clean it, it does not make it clean from that that it absorbed the Isra Nevelis. For the Yoyinah Shal Toyro in our Pirashash, it explains like this. When a vessel absorbs an Isr, same thing is also when a person eats something which is Osr, then it becomes part of who the person is. So then the Isr enters inside. It's an apnimius. Or the food that you eat went in, becomes part of the person. And therefore you need to make, you need a kasher, you need to be magil. You have to remove that thing that it absorbed, you have to take it out. Because you got to get rid of the iser that you were baleya, that it was swallowed in there. But when you do, when you talk about tumor, that's not something which goes into the inner of the vessel or by the person that it goes inside, it penetrates. It is only something which surrounds us. You cannot really something that you can logically a tumor is not it's not something that you can logically see. There's nothing there logically. And therefore, how do you clean it? You also clean it something on the outside. How do you usually clean? You go to the mikvah through the tvila when a keli goes into the mikvah or a person goes into the mikvah. And you don't see any external change. You don't see the tumor, and you don't see the change. So, that's regular tumor. Tumor's maze is even more surrounding, more than the regular makif. It has no, no logic at all. We don't see any connection. Because... It doesn't make any sense that uh, the mace itself 
isn't Tommy. Um, and when he touches somebody else, he's Metami. A mason essence isn't Tommy, but the one who he touches is Metami. The Rebbe brings the source for this in Sifri Zuta. And the Rebbe the Noah said it's also Alpipshat, that the Amase is not Tomei, but if you touch it, you become Tomei. It's totally, it's illogical. So therefore, how do you clean yourself from this Tumas Mace? In such a way which is even more in a makif way, in a surrounding way. What is the purity that the Torah novelty of Tumas Mace? You don't even have to immerse what is Tomei in the Mechatos. You don't immerse it. You just make two or three drops and it becomes Toher. Because when we talk about something which is in the surrounding, over there, the basically you got to just change the general placement from the item or the person's Tomei from impurity to purity. It's not something that you can measure with quantity or an area. So you don't need a lot and you don't need area. It's just change them around. Give them the mechatas, place it on. It's not something which is dressed up in a quantity or an area. And this is the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu was of the opinion that when you sprinkle the mechatas, you can also fix it. You can also prepare it from the iser because the surrounding can also impact, impacts the inside. So when there is a general, when a person moves himself in a general way by bringing about the makifim of Kedusha, which means the person's own surrounding holiness, so then it should automatically impact also on the inner powers. But that is only from the perspective of Moshe. He was the Shushvina de Malka. He looked from the Yidden from above to below. So that's from that perspective you can change around from the Makiv also the premium. As opposed to Lozra Koyin, his job was to raise the Yidden from below to above. So he said it's not sufficient the general impact and that the inner power should be affected by the surrounding. But you have to actually work with the inner powers themselves. So basically, uh, if we should apply this into the service of a person, a person sometimes has to deal with, you know, their inner their character, their traits, their midos. Okay, he has to deal with it. And the question is, how to deal with that? So one idea is, Moshe Rabbeinu's idea seems like, just change your general area. Don't, no need to deal with each one of your character traits individually. But if you make a general move, you move yourself from one position to the other position, you bring in, in yourself, you have these surrounding powers, your neshama, 
your deeper powers of the neshama, which are not cognitive, they're hidden in the soul, if you can tap into that, changes your whole being around, and automatically all your inner details of your inner struggles, they'll all be changed. That's from a perspective from above to below. But Allah the Koyen, he's raising the Yidin. But for us, that doesn't really work. We have to deal with each one of our meters separately. So that's why he says, you can't just give a little sprinkle, a little mechatas, and you're all set. You're kosher. Okay, the tumor you can take care of. But for that, you need to work a little harder.